Psalm 42, verses 1 to 11. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Second reading is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 23. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who in a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession 
to the praise of his glory. Thanksgiving and prayer. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which is exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. Shall we just pray? Dear Father, I pray that you would be with us now. I pray you'd take my words, that you'd inspire me, help me to say the right things, and leave out the things that you don't want me to say. Lord, may all the glory go to you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Um, Thank you very much for the welcome you've given me uh, this morning. Um, it's great to be here on such a fantastic day. Um, just say a little bit uh, about myself before we start. Um, I'm Richard Evans. Um, I worship uh, Lynn Baptist Church along with my wife, Bibby, and uh, kids, well, not kids, they're teenagers, uh, Harry and Amelia. I was a little bit bothered about the doctor bit. Um, a few years ago, I scraped a PhD, and uh, my son at the time said to me, he said, Dad, you're not like a normal doctor, are you? You're not going to make us better if we become unwell. So don't form an orderly queue at the end. I'm not going to be able to cure it. <laughs> okay. I don't really know this place. It's great to be here for the first time, but I do know uh, one or two of you. I do know Colin and Elaine. Um, they're long-standing friends of the family. Colin was fantastic uh, to my wife's family uh, when she lost her dad when she was only 16. He was a great support then. And uh, Rachel, their daughter, was bridesmaid at our wedding uh, almost 20 years ago. I can't believe it. <laughs> so there are links here, so it, it's great to be here. Okay. Um, what I'd like to do now is I'd like you to visualize uh, being invited round along with a group of other friends to a do a week on Saturday. And yeah, I want you to start sort of thinking, well, you know, what, what's going to happen at this do? And then you ask your friend, well, 
you know, what, what do you have in mind? Uh, what's going to happen? And they then say, we're going to have a prayer meeting. So, right. Well, I, I just want you to imagine, well, how would you respond uh, to, to that announcement? Um, I've, I've presented four options to you here, uh, and I want you to try and visualize, think through, well, which one would you go for? Uh, would you be a little bit switched off, thinking, oh boy, yeah, great. Well, I was expecting something a bit more lively than that. Uh, I'll struggle to keep awake, but oh well, there we go. Or would you be really disappointed? You were expecting something really you know, lively and you know, lots of partying. And you just end up feeling, well, you know, I've got my hat ready, I'm kitted out, but, you know, it's not going to be exactly what I had in mind. Or would you think, this friend's a bit keen, you know, even a bit sad, you know, they're so keen, they're even having prayer meetings on Saturday night. Or would you be, yes, fantastic. I'm really, really excited about the prospect of coming together with other people and praying. Now, I, can't, I shan't conduct a poll. I just, want, I just want to say a little bit about what I've experienced about prayer over the last few years. It's been a journey for me, and I think I've moved camp from where I would be years ago in terms of how I would answer that question. What, what is it about prayer? Why, why is it? Is it, is it what we've made it? Uh, that sometimes we have this dread about it? Obviously it's a very thorny and tricky subject, theologically speaking. We'll come back to that later on. But it is sad, isn't it, how we have this image about prayer meetings. Um, just so you're reassured I'm not actually getting at you, I just want to share a brief story from our own church. A few years ago, we used to have um, Bible study groups, and we would meet typically three times a month, and then one week out of, out of, the sort of uh, each month, we would have the prayer meeting instead. And I have to say, a lot of people, they admitted that they regarded that was an opportunity to have the night off. So we do have this problem, don't we, with, with prayer meetings. They often seem to struggle to attract more than the hard, committed core. So in, in this short message, I, I'd like to address briefly five questions. Uh, what is prayer? How do Christians people like you and me tend to pray how does God want us to pray why is prayer key and why do we sometimes struggle with prayer and at the end I'll share a little bit about um, some of the things that we've been experiencing in our church uh, just the last six months I'll come back to that later now please forgive me if I'm going over any of the ground you've been through with uh, Andrew and Sally I gather you've been focusing on prayer so Sorry about that, but somebody who's got a lot more experience of preaching than me said, look, number one bit of advice, just stick to something you know about. So I feel prayer's something I, I focus on perhaps more than other things. 
A few people at our church uh, since last summer have felt called to pray regularly. I don't know whether you've heard of the REACT initiative. The run-up to that, we had 40 days of prayer. And at the end of it, a a friend of mine said, well, why don't we carry on? So we have done. We've been praying each um, weekday morning together. So I just want to share a little bit about what's happened later on. The basic thing I want to say is that rather than prayer being seen as an optional extra, I'm convinced it's the key to being an effective Christian, an effective community of believers. So let's look very briefly at uh, the first question. What is prayer? Essentially, it's talking with God. Not talking to, talking with. It's listening as well as sharing what's on our heart. Also, it doesn't just happen. It's a little bit like a friendship. Um, Aren't we awkward when we haven't seen somebody for a while? Well, we need to spend time with God. We need to get to know him. It's also being honest with God. Just expressing how we feel. We can be entirely open. And if we recall Psalm 42 that's just been read out. I mean, isn't it fantastic the way that David just opened up his heart? And we can identify with him because he was so honest and he expressed the full range of emotions. He longed after God. He missed the fantastic times of praising God with other people. He admitted to feeling down. He asked questions of God, why he was feeling overcome with his problems. But he remembered who God is, that he was and is his guide, his rock. He also expressed hurt at being mocked for his beliefs. But he ended up on a note of hope and triumph that he would praise God again. It's great, isn't it, that we can pour out our hearts to God, but it's also aligning what we have in our hearts and minds with what God wants. That's crucial, isn't it, if we're going to cooperate with God. Think I'll come back to this later on, but in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's also about releasing God's power in various ways. Resisting evil, praying for miracles, obtaining angelic help, achieving the impossible, obtaining that power to bless other people. So that's just a quick introduction to what prayer is about. Moving on, how do we tend to pray and how does God want us to pray? I think sometimes we drift as Christians towards praying, in a, or certainly I do, praying in a particular way. It's quite easy, isn't it, to focus on us, what we're up to. But we do need to balance that with 
praying for other people and loving our neighbour. Understandably, we care very deeply for those who are close to us and we pray for them regularly, but we need also to have that wider perspective. I remember a book by Ron Dunn where he described prayer as like a missile that you can direct to any part of the world. That's a fantastic privilege, really, that we can do that. In God's name, we can pray that that way. Thirdly, we can tend to pray the here and now. I don't know whether it struck you, but when we read of Paul's prayers uh, in his letters, he was focusing on not just the now, but what comes next. Where, where are we going to be in future? The way he prayed for the Ephesians, it was all rooted in that fantastic understanding of who God is and what God has in store for each of us. We also have a, a tendency to focus on the material rather than the spiritual. Um, I, I just reminded, uh, I don't know whether you've heard that, uh, that tale about the two boys. that They were grandsons, they lived with their grandma. And what at the end of one of these day, the, the days, uh, I think it was a weekend, one knelt down and he prayed um, you know, just for all the things that, that he had from God. And he was just giving thanks for you know, being part of a special family. And then he finished, and then his brother started up, and, and he started praying for God to give him a bike, and you know, perhaps on his birthday, uh, that he would bless him with lots of new friends, and, and he was shouting. And when he said amen, his brother said to him, look, why are you shouting? God's not deaf. And his brother said, no, but grandma is. So it, it is, it's so easy, isn't it, to, to focus on the material. As, again, Paul, he was interested in how we grow inwardly and what our eternal destiny is. So his prayers have the fantastic depth and breadth to them. We can also be very much influenced by the mood we're in and the circumstance we're in. Here we can take a, just a, a leaf from David's book that he was really passionate before God. He, he had a, a sense of desperation. He wanted God's glory and blessing. And if we think about lots of the parables in the New Testament about prayer, it's about being persistent, isn't it? It's asking, keeping asking, keeping seeking. And we will find. I just want to mention just a few models of prayer uh, which guide us. Obviously, there's the Lord's Prayer, which is our supreme model. What's wonderful about it is it's just so God-centered. It's not about us, it's about God. It starts off you know, with the Father's character, then moves on to the Father's kingdom, then the Father's provision, then the Father's forgiveness, 
then the Father's guidance and finally the Father's protection. So it's not about us, it's about linking in to, to what God wants. I don't know whether you've ever focused on the nativity story and the characters involved, but a few months ago I, I was looking in uh, the book of Luke, I don't know whether you've got Bibles to hand, but I, I just, um, I was really struck by two characters that we very rarely focus on, and that's Simeon and, and Anna. They were both old people, they didn't have long to live, and you think, well, why do they feature? This is when Jesus was presented in the temple. And the fantastic thing about them was that they both recognized who Jesus was and why he'd come into the world. And if you think, well, why was it? Why, why did they have that insight? The key thing was that they prayed regularly. They knew intimately who God was. Let's move on to the focus, really, what I have to say. And this is that I believe that prayer is the key to so many things. It's the key to revival. I don't know whether you've ever studied church history from Pentecost onwards. Basically, no revival has taken place without it being preceded by consistent, persistent prayer for repentance and for blessing. I don't know whether you've ever read about the Hebridean revival, but that was initiated by two women, Peggy and Christine Smith. They were really, they, they suffered physically. Uh, I think one of them lost their sight, the other was crippled with arthritis. They were housebound for many years. But because they stuck at prayer, uh, eventually revival broke out. So, I just think what's fantastic as well is it the prayer is, is just it doesn't we can all do it it's open to everybody and no matter what state we're in even if we're struggling we can pray and we can bring on what God wants it's the key to knowing God intimately James 4 talks about if we draw near to God he will draw near to us it's about finding what's on God's heart. It's the key to discipleship and spiritual growth. This relates to the passage I was reading before in Ephesians. And I noticed in the prayer room when I went upstairs, you've got another fantastic prayer of Paul's, Ephesians 3. And they, just, they both emphasize that it's about spiritual growth ultimately and Paul was interceding for the Ephesians that they would experience all of God's blessing and that they would grow it's the key to dynamic visionary churches I don't know whether you've ever thought about revival and it seems to be or a lot of people think it's the exception rather than the norm now should that be the case? 
I think the early church, that's probably what God wants to see us be like. And so if, if we think about dynamic churches around the world, um, I, just, I, mean, I know it's not all about numbers, but one of the largest churches ever is Paul Yonggi Cho's church uh, in Korea, South Korea. 800,000 members, and you think, well, what's the key to their success? It's about prayer. They have a prayer mountain where people go and they can just bring their petitions to God. They have all-night prayer meetings, prayer retreats, fasting. The leaders, and this makes me blanch, uh, three hours a day minimum in prayer, but it's it's just central to all they do. So why do we struggle in prayer so often? We do live in a culture where things happen very, very quickly. And new technology, it just proceeds at such a pace, doesn't it? And perhaps it's a bit harder than ever, you know, when things don't materialise as we expect them to when we pray. We then perhaps begin to doubt. We wrestle over why certain prayers seem to be answered and others don't. And in my experience, some people, when they begin to question, they then start to think, well, perhaps God doesn't intervene after all. Why should we bother praying? Sometimes it's about, we, we get into, well, you know, God's not going to listen to me. Why should he listen to me? Because of all the wrong things I've done. It can also be hard going at times. And often before revival comes, if you read again the history books, there are very often dark times when it doesn't seem as if God's doing anything. So... And you think of Jesus in Gethsemane. That was a really, really tough time for him. So there's a need to keep going, isn't there? Uh, it's, it's not easy at times. Oh, then there's the competing priorities. It's so easy, isn't it, to get caught up in uh, what's new. Um, thinking about, well, how do we communicate the gospel with other people? But... Fundamentally, it's about whether our hearts are in line with what God wants. Just want to share a little bit about um, what's happened to, to us in Lim. When, when, as I was saying before, my friend said, well, I think we should carry on praying post-react. My initial reaction was... I just don't think I can hack this. I just haven't got the time. Every morning, you know, busy life and the rest. And as I was thinking it through on holiday, I was beginning to feel like this is mission impossible. But what encouraged me was, at that moment, I was talking it through with my wife. From out of nowhere, we're in a holiday cottage. And in the next cottage, this choir started singing. <laughs> and they sang... 
he who would valiant be. And the words that just came through to me were, there's not, no discouragement shall make him once relent his first avowed intent to be a pilgrim. And that, to me, was just such an encouragement. At that moment, I, I thought, well, no, God understands. He's going to be with us. Uh, I, I've taken it upon myself to, to lead each prayer time. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll try and come up with a verse of Scripture. And I can say this honestly. Every morning, just before I go to the prayer meeting, something comes into my head. And then I check it out and I read it. And, and very often, others at the prayer meeting have said, Wow, you know, I, I was thinking along those lines. Oh, that's really helpful. That's not me, it's God. And I just think we should be encouraged that God is walking alongside us, even when we struggle and we, we don't know quite, you know, how to find the resources. Also, God's shown us what to pray for. Um, going back to React, we felt we should pray for God to prepare the ground for blessing. And God showed us various things in our community that were not right, that we needed to bring to him to pray for forgiveness for. And it's interesting, somebody with a prophetic ministry, they came into the area a few weeks later, and when we told this woman, she said, yeah, that, that's what I've been praying about your area. So God inspires and God helps, God directs our prayers. And we have started to see you know, new blessing. Churches praying together more in our area. Uh, we've been able to jointly fund a youth worker when financially it's been a really difficult situation where our church has been struggling. But an example of somebody being healed in a marvellous way and them being filled with power to witness to what God has done in their life. And also anointing to pray for other people in terms of healing so it's been a fantastic six months really so just coming back to to us uh, what does God want well he wants us to experience all the blessings that he has in store for each of us he doesn't want us to miss out and he doesn't want the community to miss out because he wants to use us to bring that good news. So just think again, what, what's your prayer life like? Just flashing up those headings. Can we move from the left-hand side more to the right-hand side in terms of praying in the right way? I'd just like to finish with, oh dear, <laughs> that's not very clear, is it? I don't know whether you recognise this. Uh, this is a painting um, by Holman Hunt, and it's Jesus standing at the door. It's the Revelation 3.20 passage. And just to remind me, Jesus is saying, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Now, I'm sorry about the image. You cannot really appreciate what I'm saying. But if anybody's ever studied that... Uh, oh, great, thank you. If you've ever studied that picture closely, you'll see that there's lots of weeds, undergrowth around that door. 
And the other interesting thing is that the door is slightly ajar. Very often people think this verse is referring to the moment when you become a Christian. It's not. It's referring to our relationship with God. Jesus is the key. Jesus wants us to open that door wide and let him into every aspect of our life. But very often we get stuck, don't we? That door is stuck slightly ajar. We've let him in, but not to the extent that he... He wants us to let him in. So let's be encouraged. Um, God wants us to experience life in all its fullness. He knows what we need before we even ask. In Matthew it talks about God, if we ask for one thing, he doesn't give us something else. So let's... Just praise God for the gift of prayer that we all have. And let's just pray now, in a short time, that God would just help us to experience the fullness of prayer. Dear Father, I just thank you so much for what you've been showing a group of us at LIM this last six months. And Father, I pray that, that we would get excited about prayer about the fantastic resource it is and that we wouldn't miss out. Lord, I pray this church, Lord, or for the prayer life here, Lord, that it would flourish and, Lord, it would underpin everything that goes on here. And I pray the same for churches across Warrington. Lord, help us to just key into what you want for us and for our communities. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.